Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Vlad, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. In 2009, I went sailing off the coast of Maine for 14 days. It was the trip of a lifetime, uh, truly remarkable. And I was afforded the opportunity through a program uh, with the organization Outward Bound. Outward Bound is a wilderness excursion company where folks can pay large sums of money uh, to do a, a number of wilderness adventures. They do mountaineering in the Rocky Mountains, rafting down the Colorado River in Utah, sailing off the coast of Maine, bobsledding in Alaska. Uh, The trips go on and on and on. I was blessed to not have to pay a large sum of money to go sailing off the coast of Maine because the Sierra Club had given a multi-million dollar grant to Outward Bound to send returning veterans from Afghanistan and Iraq on these trips. The vision of their generosity was to send returning soldiers who were struggling to readjust to civilian life, who were struggling from the effects of post-traumatic stress disorder and, and just relative combat stress, to send them in small cohorts with other veterans and to get them in nature because the Sierra Club believes that nature is healing and we need to spend time outdoors. And so they partnered with Outward Bound. I applied for one of these special scholarships, special grants, and was certain that you know, it would take a while to be awarded one. Certainly thousands of veterans were applying uh, for these coveted spots. But I filled out my application and I still remember the, the moment I opened my email and saw, congratulations, you have been awarded a Sierra Club-sponsored outward-bound wilderness trip. And I scrolled down through the email to find out uh, which trip they were awarding me, sailing off the coast of Maine. I had never been to Maine before in my life. We would start near Acadia National Park, and we would sail off the coast. I made my way to the airport. All expenses were paid. The, the, The airfare... They even gave you a stipend uh, to buy some food in the airport. It it was remarkable. And as we landed in Maine at the airport there, um, we we were huddled together, these veterans. There were eight of us from all over the country. There were um, other soldiers like myself that had served in the Army. There were people from the Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Navy. and, And here we were together. And as we made our way to the base camp, we learned about what we would be doing. We would be sailing on a pretty small, relatively small sailboat, and for 14 days, we would not leave the sailboat. Uh, We were told that we would um, learn to navigate the boat, we would sleep on the boat, we would eat all of our meals on the boat. The only time we would get off the boat would be every day, first thing in the morning, we would be forced to jump into the frigid main water to start our day. And as uh, a young returning veteran, I thought that was the greatest thing ever, right? Let's start the day, right? Let's jump in. And so off we went. 
And how they um, oriented the, the whole scholarship, the whole program, was to teach veterans to work together on a common mission, but, but in a safe environment. One of the things that uh, researchers had learned uh, about the, uh, the unity that, that veterans have with one another is that they have to work together in, in really challenging situations to overcome um, obstacles and, and to execute a mission. They wanted to apply the same principles, but in a safe environment outdoors. And the guide that would accompany us on the sailboat, his job was to teach us how to sail so that by the second week of our trip, we were doing all of the navigating. Um, we were doing all of the sailing. They were there in case an emergency came up, but it was really a, I do, you watch, I do, you help, you do, I watch, and uh, model, right? It was um, a model that was equipping us. But these guides were also trained, um, and, and they went through some classes on how to facilitate healing conversations, how to help veterans um, think about their experiences and the things they were struggling with. So during the day, we would jump in the water, and we would have our little bit of, uh, our little ration of coffee that they brought that we would make on the, on the little sailboat, and we'd eat some breakfast, um, we'd cook right there on the sailboat, and then off we went um, for the day. But at the end of the day, when we would drop the anchor wherever we were, we would have conversations, and we'd tell our stories. Truly remarkable experience. But in that second week, when we were fully learning how to sail, and we were now in charge, we were out far off the coast of Maine, and we were hopping around between these little rocky islands, these little, um, little rocky islands that, that, that were out um, off the coast, um, even past all of the, uh, the lobster cages, um, pretty far out, and the sky started to turn pretty ominous. And I saw the look in our guide's um, eyes when he started to, to get a little bit more nervous that maybe a storm was coming in. And dribble, dribble, dop, Dribble, dribble, top. Rain started falling down. And then before we knew it, the sky was gushing water. And the rain was so thick, and the winds had picked up on this little sailboat that you couldn't really tell where the rain was coming from above and, and where the water was coming from the ocean, coming over the boat and we were being tossed to and fro. We had to pull down the sail. Um, we, we were frantic, scrambling, because the sail was dragging us all over the place, and we weren't skilled enough to know how to do this with just one guide and eight veterans that were in way over their head. And the guide pulled out all of these rows, and he said, we need to get to that little rocky island over there um, and drop the anchor down there. So we were handing out rows, and and four of us on each side trying to row um, together uh, to get over there. And the rain is coming and the wind is blowing and we're being tossed to and fro. And, and in the middle of this, I started praying. <laughs> Lord, get us out of this situation. Let the rain stop. I don't want to die in the water off of Maine. I went to Iraq and I made it out of there. Don't let me die on this trip. Right? Truly terrified at what was happening. Um, a little bit scared of the water. I had my life jacket on. I'm not a great swimmer to begin with. 
And in the midst of trying to row and listen to our guide yelling out instructions, I think in the middle of my prayer, I just stopped rowing. And the guide looked at me, and with frustration in his voice, he said, Lauren, what are you doing? And I said, I'm praying. He said, pray with your arms. (laughs) Pray with your arms. We got to (laughs) go. We made it over there. The rain stopped. We all laughed about it. We were a little bit closer as a group. And from that point forward, um, something really took off in our group. We, we had gone through something together. And we reflected later that night about those moments in our deployments when we were in over our head and we were frozen in our tracks and yet you had to pray with your arms and your feet. You had to just keep moving forward. It was truly a a healing experience. All of that is to say um, the idea of the mission worked, at least for our cohort. But from that time moving forward, I fought a lot about that instructor and that moment on the boat when he yelled out, Lorne, pray with your arms. And I think that's the point Jesus is making in today's parable. Jesus begins in Luke chapter 18 here with his disciples nearby, and he's encouraging them to pray continually, to pray always. But I don't think Jesus is necessarily isolating this encouragement to pray with prayers of the heart, prayers of the mind, prayers of the mouth. He gives us this example of a widow. Jesus commonly in Luke's gospel uses the example of a widow to to, to champion what authentic faith looks like. In a few chapters, he'll refer to another widow and the widow's might, the widow who puts in her two coins into the offering and, and he compares and contrasts that with others who put in out of their excess and Jesus is lifting up the widow again and again in Luke as, as a model of our faith And the widow in today's parable, Jesus sets up this construct where this widow is suffering. There has been an injustice that has taken place. We don't know what it is, but we know that the widow is going daily to the judge who Jesus says neither feared God nor respected people. And the widow, I believe in the story, is praying with her hands. She's praying with her feet. Certainly, she was praying probably with her heart as well to God. God, grant me justice. Change the heart of of this judge. Do something, God. Move something so that I might live a life of dignity, that I might find the, the justice that I desire. But the way that Jesus lifts this up, I think, is to encourage his disciples to pray with their heart, yes, but also their hands and their feet. And the widow, we're told, goes daily to the judge. And did you pick up that humorous line that the judge reflects in the parable? It's not because I even care about God and I don't even really care about this woman. I just don't want her to bother me anymore. So I'm going to grant her justice. And there's another line there. Because if I don't, she will wear me out. Now the actual Greek word there that we have translated into the phrase wear me out was an actual Greek word 
whose literal translation was, she was giving me a black eye. It's true. If I don't grant her justice, she's going to give me a black eye. Think about this model example of faith that Jesus lifts up. Why does he lift this example up through this parable? I think it's because Jesus understood that the world his disciples were living in and the world that would unfold generation after generation of disciples all the way to you and me, Christians in the year 2022, would be a world in which we would need to pray with our heart, our hands, and our feet. Like the widow, there is work to do that requires persistent faith. You see, faith has never, is never something that is just an intellectual exercise. Faith is far more than just praying with our, our words or our heart or our mind. Faith, authentic, biblical faith, is a faith that includes all of that and persistent love and work towards the vision that God has established through Jesus Christ. The vision of a world restored with grace and peace. And sometimes what that looks like, what faith looks like in the midst of a broken world is picking up your belongings and marching right into the face of whatever injustice might be before you and demanding that God's reign of love and peace is met. We, as a church, are encouraged to pray continually. To pray with our heart, our hands, and our feet. This next weekend is our commitment weekend, where, of course, we are encouraged to make financial commitments to the work of our ministry. We have a lot of work to do, and we need resources to do that work. The question I want to leave you with today is how is God calling you this year through this community of disciples to pray with your hands and your feet? There's work to do. Little ways and big ways that God is inviting all of us to live in love like Jesus through this community. How will you pray with your hands? Will you this year make a renewed commitment to serve and invest in our youth alongside Josh and the kids team? Will you pray with your hands and your feet and join people like Rich and and others who come on Monday mornings and, and tend to our buildings so that we can steward this resource for the work of God's healing and love? Will you pray with your hands and your feet by, by giving yourself over and sacrificing some of your time to serve at one of our ministry partners down at Nest or, or across the city? Will you pray with your hands and your feet by listening to the needs of those sitting next to you in the pew through caring, loving conversations? Will you pray with your hands and your feet by giving yourself over to the work that Jesus gives us to do. You see, being a Christian is far more than an intellectual exercise in belief. It's putting those beliefs into action through our hearts, our hands, and our feet. When Jesus ends this parable, he says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Will he find faith on earth? Not just the faith that says, I believe in you, Lord, but the faith that says, 
I want to serve alongside you, Lord. I want to love my neighbor. I want to get to know those that are different than me. I want to use all that I am, my heart, my hands, my feet, and my wallet to be a part of what you're doing in the world, God. I want to live and love like Jesus. As you make your commitments next weekend, I pray that you make your financial commitment, but you also make commitments for your hands and your feet. Commitment weekend is far more than just what we plan to give to the church. Commitment weekend is an opportunity for all of us to renew, to renew the sense of commitment we have toward our shared mission, to be oriented uh, toward a larger story that God is writing in our midst. And here's the really good news. The really good news is there's another interpretation of this parable that I think brings us tremendous hope. Certainly, when Jesus taught this parable, he wanted his disciples to see themselves as the persistent widow. But we know, we know that the persistent widow could also be the person of Christ. The persistent widow, ultimately, is Jesus, who time and again comes knocking on the hardened doors of our hearts, inviting us to participate in God's reign of justice. You see, when we, when we narrow our focus on our own life and our own struggles and our own problems, when we close off our heart to God and to neighbor like the judge in the story, Jesus comes again and again and again. Not to give us a black eye, but Jesus comes, doesn't he? New opportunities. You see, Jesus is always coming to where we are. And he's always inviting us into a life of mercy. A life of opening up ourselves. A life of practicing forgiveness. Now, I don't know in the parable... It is just a parable. We're not told what really happens to that judge when he grants the woman her justice. We know he does so because he just doesn't want to be bothered. But I have seen time and again people who give themselves over to the work of ministry, the work of the church, even when they don't particularly feel like doing it, when they actually do it, something opens up in them sort of like going to the gym, isn't it? If we only went to the gym when we felt like going to the gym, we'd never go to the gym. When Jesus comes knocking on the door of your heart, my prayer is that your heart would be opened and that you would receive the love and the mercy that he comes to bring and that you would step out of that door and into a deeper, more fulfilling relationship with him where you are joined with so many others in the community in pursuit of that world being restored. Amen? Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. 
Have a great rest of the week.